0: Welcome to the Radiant Living Show. Happy Thursday. <laughs> What's in your world today? What's happening? I mean, besides feeding peacocks, blueberries. So... Oh, death. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, just, just death on the mind, death on the brain, death in our culture is one of those topics that we, oh gosh, is there a topic we talk less about than death? Mm think so no maybe no probably not probably not um so so our our years ago um it was probably in my 20s that when i started to really immerse in tibetan buddhism one of the things that i loved so much about it was that i'm like oh my gosh there's all this death talk yay yay Mm -hmm. thank god how is it that the thing that is so obvious we don't talk about much in our culture and we do everything possible to try to defy the appearance of us going in that direction or it's like it's it was shocking to me and I was so relieved was, I was so so relieved and it was in my um it was in my early 20s I think I read I remember reading Tuesdays with Maury you, mm-hmm. you know that one. Oh I'm yeah sure you do, yeah that just impacted me deeply, and and then of course, tons of death started happening in my life. Like you know, starting with my mom when I was around mm. twenty one, and then it just kept going. So death has really been my greatest teacher, my and my most regular present teacher. Not just like one incident. You know, it was like, well, let's make sure you really get the lesson, and again and again and again. Mm. So I was so grateful that I felt as not like, You can't be prepared for the pain of a loss. You just can't. However, you can be prepared to get that it's. you don't ask why. <laughs> it, it, it takes care of the why. The more aware you are about death and the more you make it part of your even a five-minute daily contemplation, in some way, or even just start by noticing all the change that, that, that occurs during the day. Just start noticing changes, right? You know, we're, we're, when, we, when, when we ignore the fact that everything is only always changing, it has us kinda so forgetful of the whole death thing, and that not only is everybody you know uh, probably gonna die, unless you die first, um, you also will die. And, and, and again, in our culture, I just saw very little of these conversations happening. So I moved into the direction of, of death education. I taught at SUNY Cortland for some years and, um, working with private clients and with groups just around death. And then of course, grief and bereavement as well, that followed. So that's on my mind. And we were, we were texting this morning about t-shirts that we'd i'd like to get made <laughs> for sale because you saw simrit wearing this t-shirt yeah, yeah. that said
0: remember you will die
1: remember you will die remember. right i forget what it is in latin two m words oh mare something momentous mare or yeah it was something cool. like that like yeah. there's a latin term for like it. Morti- something right? oh right yeah yeah memento
0: mori, something like that yeah, yeah remember yeah. you will die mm-hmm. well it's a perfect time of year to talk about <gasps> death, you know, yes. we were talking in Kundalini the other night mm. just about how, like, this is the time of year that that nature, trees in particular,
1: is preparing to die. They're letting it all die, mm. letting
0: it go. You know, it's the it's the death of a lot of foliage. It's that like dark um, kind of withdrawing inside time, and you know, uh, Halloween, Samhain, is right around the corner, so you know, that tends to bring up those more like scary or Mm. mortal or immortal Mm. uh, archetypes. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and Mm -hmm. images get, you know, walk into pretty much any store right now and there's like skulls and skeletons and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's that time of year to, to just contemplate and, and maybe it's every day it's, the perfect time of year to contemplate we uh i downloaded a, a month ago the we croak app um and five times a day i get a reminder that i will die and
1: and it comes with i the need croaks. to get that yeah we That's, so say to tell let everybody know what that is the dot or it's a
0: we croak app right so go into your app store okay it's not free i think it's like 99 cents
1: um i'd pay more than that
0: yeah and then it reminds—it just sends a little push notification. Christmas present for everyone this Christmas. <laughs> so we croak out. And they do send you little quotes, and some of them are like awesome, and some of them are like,
1: uh,
0: and there's still a reminder. Reminder, you will die. So um, I think it's brilliant. Yep. It's a little frog, we croak.
1: <laughs> ribbit, <laughs> ribbit, ribbit. Like uh, for those of you who know us. Right. right, get this. like yeah. for those of you who don't like you have to understand this is, I hope you can understand. this is n- by by no means uh diminishing or denying the the, the pain, pain. Of the, 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 the 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 breaking pain of death and loss it is it it actually can break you and and therein is the the purpose of grief, you know. There's a treasure that is buried so deep in the grief process that you can only access it by feeling as though you're about to die yourself. So so please don't mistake our uh, lightheartedness around this topic Mm -hmm. for um, ignorance of of the pain that death is. On the fun side... um, I, I've always found bringing some humor mm-hmm. into things that scare us, right. right? One of my teachers, Byron Katie, says that uh, the story of death is our final and biggest, scariest story. It is. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just playing with different t-shirts, ha- like hashtag be prepared to die, hashtag you might die today, or hashtag I might die today, be Prepared to Die just takes me to the Princess Bride. See, I don't know that movie. Is that really? a line in it? No. I, I've seen parts of it and I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. Wow. I know. I okay. know. I know. I'm going to lose friends just for that alone. I liked Dark Crystal, but I didn't like Princess Bride. <laughs> They're probably not even like a lot. Just because of the film quality. That's probably the... <laughs> and puppets. Aren't there puppets in both? I
0: don't remember puppets
1: okay in the princess princess Bride, Bride reminds me a little bit of monty python okay which i also don't care for okay okay i just don't get it
0: what else can we say that could possibly alienate some (laughs) um
1: viewers (laughs) today that it it smells in here which it doesn't it doesn't smell today (laughs) not at all it's like a barn Um,
0: Well, there's that <laughs> whole line in Princess Bride that's like, my name is Antigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die.
1: Oh. So, like, okay. prepare to die. It's like, I might kill you. That could scare people. Be so to die. Prepare to die. <laughs> okay. All right. So that one loses. Maybe not
0: that t shirt.
1: How about you might die today? No. Mm-hmm. That's probably also creepy, right? Like, it sounds like I could be. I just a think bad you will guy. die. You, you will, will die. You will die someday? You will die. Okay. Everyone dies. I mean, it's a, this is a truth. <laughs> this is not like...
0: Unless
1: uh, you're a Jedi,
0: which is the other topic Which of we the day. all are,
1: and nobody dies. And nobody dies.
0: We just go to another...
1: You have to read Anita Morjani's. Uh, anything by <laughs> Anita Morjani. She who had the near-death experience. Mm. Oh, gosh, her... Uh, um, what is it? Uh, I can't remember the title. But anyway, Anita Morjani. She has lots of YouTube videos. And um there are two, then we'll go to Jedi's. There are two uh stories that are just so profound in the realm of like well what happens when we die and what happens after we die. After we die. She Dying to Be Me. Pardon? Dying Dying, Dying to, to Be, to be, be me. me. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That was her she has a couple books and that was the, the one that really I think received the most um attention. Three books. So there's Afterlife of Billy Fingers. If you have lost anyone recently, I cannot recommend the following three books. Afterlife of Billy Fingers, Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani, and Proof of Heaven was by... Do you know this story? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't remember the author right now. Penny version, Ivan something. He's a physician and a specialist like in brain, okay. I think. yep. He contracted a form of meningitis that sh- he's like on record officially the only person like planet earth can say had a near-death experience and gave validity to the experience even though plenty other people have had them because mm-hmm. they were able to monitor his brain in a way that the part of the brain that would be responsible for creating images or dreaming was completely offline. Wow. So his whole accounting of where he traveled to, what he experienced... Brain-ish wise was impossible that this particular illness Mm -hmm. did that. And they were, they were monitoring it so they could like, so that, so that's why it was proof of heaven. That's why. Mm. And, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. So Jedis. It's just on the brain today. Yeah. Okay. So that's, what's on my mind. Jeannie, you asked, I told, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, just death education that for as I would love to see death education be as prominent in Christopher's coming over with some information. <gasps> oh, cool. Okay, great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. Lisa, thank you for this question. Um, how do you feel about the spiritual bypass around the next mass extinction? Leaves aren't just dying at this time of year. Entire ecosystems and species are becoming extinct. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We'll definitely talk to that yeah. now. Yeah, because that's what's on the screen. So yeah, if any if yeah. anyone has Thank questions, comments,
0: any of those things, please do write in as we're as we're chatting along. Um, and then Christopher, for some reason, the main computer looks like it's lost power. Just letting you know that. So the first thing I want to talk about for a moment about what Risa said is the word spiritual bypassing. Uh, it is like hot button topic right now. This idea that um, you know if we are moving through without fully experiencing and processing emotions, responses, and reactions, and just kind of uh, sugar coating or um, Fast-forwarding is the way that I think about uh, the image around spiritual bypassing. It's like, well, mm. here is a thing that's really hard. And we know that there's another end to it, potentially. And we're just going to fast-forward through the work that is done between point A and point B. Um, grief. Grief is not something you can fast-forward through. And people can experience grief like we were just discussing in Mm -hmm. regards to a loved one passing or um, going into another form, depending on what your belief system is. Even if, so so I'm just gonna speak personally for a moment. I truly believe that when my Nana left her physical body, she remained, she remained in an essence. Like I can feel her, at times I can smell her, I can certainly hear her. (laughs) in my mind, reminding me of things that might be a good idea and things that might not be a good idea. She would use the word should. And um, and that doesn't mean that I don't grieve her. That doesn't mean that there isn't a loss because I can't actually pick up the phone and call her and have a conversation. I can't uh, get in the car and drive my kids to see her and have them experience what it's like to have her arms around them in a moment of sadness or fear so I know that my grandmother is still here in a way the memory of her the experience I have of her and I still very much grieve the loss of her in this physical plane and um, and so I think that like if we're going to talk about spiritual bypassing and this idea that like we don't need to fully dive into the depths of sadness, despair, longing, frustration, anger, um, and all. I, I mean, the list could go on and on. And instead just skip to the place where we're like, the memory of my grandmother is with me. And I feel so warm and fuzzy about the fact that anytime I see somebody wearing red, I can feel my grandmother around me that those two things um, can happen at the same time, you know, without this idea that we're skipping over any of the parts that, that don't feel good. Um, spiritual bypassing is also like uh, the, the concept of, I'm having a hard emotion and I also know that things will get better or could get better, so I'm gonna look for the silver lining in this situation. If the situation is unfolding right now and you have a visceral experience of it in your body, there's no pushing fast forward through that. There's processing, there's feeling and experiencing, Mm. there's going into it. And who knows how long a grief process can last. There are times like I'm fully aware that when I lost my job, when I was fired a year ago, it was one of the best things that has ever happened to me. Does that mean that I don't grieve? the place that that particular business was for this community no i completely grieve that i grieve the loss of a community that we built in that place there is a lot of grief so you know when we use words like spiritual bypassing um it just i personally just like to to presence everyone to that you know there is not this like mutual exclusivity to either we're feeling the grief and we're in the hard, hard moments or we're over it and we're past it and we can see how it was the best thing that happened for us. Those are the two things like interweave all of the time. And when we're talking about like mass extinction of things like ecosystems, uh, animals, plant life, Uh, forestry the entire landscape of ecology and how it is shifting and the current climate crisis that's going on we can both understand that this is deep grief and loss that we're experiencing as a human condition and it's affecting our culture as well as some belief in the power of nature to persevere and what have we seen grow out of mass destruction in the past so so we're balancing both of those things at the same time Um, I don't think that it's just being with well we can trust that mother earth will recover I don't know if we can trust that I don't know so in the process can we hold the faith that maybe certain parts of the earth can and will recover and can we also be present to the extensive loss that's going on right now. It's a, this is a balancing act. At, at least personally for me. And everyone has their own process around this. Um, and, and so I just wanted to speak to that as well as I could. You know? And the way that I bounce back and forth between those two things. Experience the rage. And this is on the topic of ego too. Because I was texting Daniela the other day. That uh, my ego sometimes takes the persona of a dragon. And I read things that are traumatizing in the news and uh, seem very devastating and are devastating. I feel them in my body. And I like want to set fire to things because I'm so upset. Energetic fire. I want to scream and yell and throw things and be really, really angry. Um, And I don't deny that. It isn't like, oh, well, I'm going to do some love and yoga. Light. <laughs> I'm going to send some love and light. I'm going to do some yoga. Everything's going to be rainbows in a second. It's like, woo, I am pissed about what's going on right now. I'm owning it. I'm feeling it. I'm moving through every aspect of that until I don't need to anymore in this moment. And it will probably come back around. I can almost guarantee it will come back around. So, so please don't think that, you know, I walk through this earth with a smile plastered on my face. Uh, you know, you can send a private message to anyone who lives in my house. <laughs> They'll fill you in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think these times are, are not for the faint of heart. If Warriors. You've, if, you've inca- if we've incarnated here, you know, and I, I again, this is a made up story. I don't know that what I'm saying is even true. Yeah, it sure feels true that this is such a tender, um, such a tender time on our planet that I can only imagine that we waited in line for a very long time to come here right now, um, <clears throat> and. Oh, I changed channels. Mm-hmm. That in order to be here right now, it is it is so not for the faint of heart because our current trend it does not seem able to sustain itself. Our, I, I, it's like we've remember that game when we were children. Don't tip the waiter. Do you remember it? It was like on a on a what do you call one of those things, honey? Teeter totter. Kind yes. of. It was a little waiter and he had a plate and he would wiggle. He would on a. Pendulum?
0: Yeah, was it was it? balance game?
1: Yeah, well yeah, he would just weebling and he had a plate and your the game was to how much could you put on this on his tray before it all tipped over. And that's how it feels right now that we are um things are stacking up on this planet. People are stacking up on this planet and we are the ones that have we have done what we've done to the planet. And uh, we have to, we will either live through it. Some of us may live through it. All of us might, none of us. Some might, some might not. I don't know. Um, it does not seem that easier times are ahead of us. And I also might be wrong. So there's, there's a balance, I think, in living life, it seems, to be in joy when it's there. Mm-hmm. to simply be in joy when it authentically is there because everything changes and there is, we're always weaving it out like the Vinyana Bharava Tantra is all about like navigating the joys and terrors of life. This is what the joys and terrors of this incarnation look like. I can't imagine there's ever been a time in the history of humanity that there weren't terrors to navigate. This just seems to be the terror of this set and setting in this play right now. Um, I I don't know that any time has escaped that. And then, of course, there are people that probably know a lot more about Atlantis and Lemuria and all these other times when supposedly it was really quite lovely. And maybe we have some memory, some cellular memory of that, because I can so see and feel our humanity working together so that can't come from a place of fantasy because it's too strong in my body so do grieve, I spent a few days last week uh, and this is not usual for me thankfully, I'm not one of those people that goes around feeling the pain of everything because I'm usually just emitting (laughs) you're a receiver I'm more of an emitter but boy, did it feel heavy a few days. And I just allowed that grief. And I felt very quiet those few days. And then something moved. And here we are. So, so you grieve. And you also step into action in the specific, unique way you're called. We're not all called to, to do something that has a, a, a profound ripple effect. I, I don't, you know. Mm. And yet, this is the, the paradox it's also true that the simplest acts can affect everything, right? So I don't even have the, the, the direct experience or awareness of how the simplest of acts can affect everything, yet something inside the tuning fork of my body says that also is true. So do whatever you're called to do, literally, and be. Um, and I, I just see that as the only way, no matter what's happening... No matter what it looks like externally, that's kind of the simple game rules: is do and be your best, whatever shows up. I mm-hmm. I just see that as the yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Risa, thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're, a, you're there. There are sometimes people show up in your in your world that are like good omen people. Risa, uh, I. My memory says that we were connected through Carolyn Mace's work, and uh, so it was really sweet to see your name and your question. I hope that, that we did your question some justice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ah, yeah, thank you.
0: I think we missed some. Yeah.
1: Oh, mm. Sal! And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prudy and Gail. Oh, some really sweet friends are here. Mm-hmm. Rhonda Morgan, Kashi. Hello, friends. Hi, friends. We had another comment. Um, Okie dokie. So, Deborah, you want to Deborah.
0: read Deborah's? Yeah. So, sixteen-year-old dog's health is failing, and I'm left with deciding no to assist him to transition. He has a, He has been my dear, loving mm. companion. If he doesn't breathe better with antibiotics this week, I must tell him. Across the rainbow bridge.
1: Mm. So, so sad. Oh. Oh. oh, Deborah. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, some of you here listening and um, know of one of my mentors and friends, uh, Ram, and I can only hear Ram right now saying, We can always trust what's intuitively obvious. And that our, see, <laughs> and that our pets are so here to, to bring us deeper and deeper and deeper into the heart. Um, I forget who it was. I want to say maybe it was Christina or uh, I can't remember who. But someone had shared. Yes, Christina had shared a a, a message for, by Guru Mai. and it said, "Your dog is your heart." Now, I have my first dog right now, my first official dog, because the other dog wasn't even dog-like. <laughs> like, that almost didn't count. <laughs> oh. But um, I have never known such such love and just amazing. So. so you know what's right. You know what's right. And what I also love about communicating with, with whether it's the trees or, or our pets or uh, our people is we can always enter into Rumi's field. Mm. You know, Rumi's field out beyond right and wrongdoing. There's a field, I'll meet you there. That's, for me, the most beautiful, potent place of communion. And so whenever I want to connect with whatever is, is the next best step, I'll go there and I'll, I would sit with my dog. This is just my process, Deborah. It's not a suggestion. Um, I would go into the field right here or right here, wherever you find the field, and just talk and listen. And I think it seems and it feels like we're entering into the the subtle world together, where there is no wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You have to talk for a while. Mm. So I love you. (laughs) I love you, Deborah. (laughs) I'm talking. Yeah, and let us know know how, how that goes and how you are. Because that's sixteen years is a long travel,
0: and I just want to say, uh, you know, one of the things that I love about being in friendship with Daniela is uh, her ability to be authentically in whatever emotion is happening <laughs> for her at any given time, <laughs> and um, no matter where I no am, no matter where we are, we are. no
1: matter uh, it is, you know, it is just the like. Uh,
0: <laughs> opposite of you know so many things that i was conditioned to believe in my lifetime and um and it's it's a beautiful representation in action of some of the things you know speaking of the changing of the tides and and the world and allowing things to shift and let old patterns die and go away um is that, you know, it used to be that the most powerful humans on this planet, most successful humans <laughs> on the planet, were the strongest humans on the planet. Stoic. Like, they were the survive. <laughs> like, I can chop wood, I can climb a tree. Those kind of humans were the most successful, the most prosperous, the most um, most likely to survive to ongoing generations. And then it shifted. It shifted around the end of the 19th century, that the most successful, the most prosperous, the most well-respected humans were the most intelligent humans, the ones who could think their way mm. to solving problems. Those became the like upper echelon of human uh, activity and behavior. Mm. And now, I firmly believe that the most successful and the most prosperous and the most likely to survive humans are the humans who are the most connected to their emotions. The most able to feel and to be felt in community, the most connected to each other. That is just, uh, that's something that I, I personally believe in. a lot of studies and uh, research is being poured into this now. Emotional intelligence and um, ability to tune into that is, is really a gift and uh and so Daniela just embodies that every day for
1: me Um. now mind you when I was a child I was so I I felt everything as deeply as I do and for I spent years turning this down and and off to get to get by because it seemed very impractical to 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 just let her flow, and I remember being a child, and my parents taking me—well-intended. They're amazing parents, quite literally. Um, taking me to a physician, they're like, "She's broken. She's leak. She leaks all the time. She's leaking. She leaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's wrong?" Because uh, it was like I remember being uh, young and just feeling everything, just so, so if all through my body. And so deeply that the effect of feeling was simply like this ocean of love and wisdom was leak, was moving. Every time I felt, it was like squeezing a sponge. It was like squeezing a full sponge. And it was like, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I really, it was a process of allowing the fullness and, and I'm still in the process of it because I even said to Jeannie and Christopher the other day, I'm like, If it doesn't turn off again, you know, because I really, I, I don't even let it go to full throttle. So, but it's so interesting to me because like you feel all the
0: feelings and you feel them authentically as they're happening. So if we really took a clock
1: and we were like, this is the laughter to tears ratio
0: today, minute by minute, there's far more of this honestly <laughs> that i can hear across the street <sighs> then there is uh then there are tears but we're uncomfortable with tears we're i love
1: tears katie says that crying is the song of the self recognizing home and i mean really like how beautiful is that crying is the song of the self big ass, recognizing home or feeling home right there and um i um I love Sandy's um, comment right here. She says, being real with myself can really unearth buried emotions. Like, mm-hmm. that's like, a, yeah. you're like, Sandy, you're hitting the jackpot. That is mm-hmm. like, like hitting like the, the triple cherries because when we, right? Isn't it? I had no idea what that means. Oh, it's in Vegas, I think. <laughs> are you, are you trying to, I've seen it in movies like Ocean's Eleven. Aren't you trying to get three cherries? Or that's maybe from the cartoon. Oh, oh, like gambling. Slots. 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 Okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> Three cherries. Are there cherry emojis now? I was very confused. Oh. Something happened. The
1: screen's doing nothing. <laughs> <red> <laughs> um, so being uh being real with myself unearths buried emotions. Like it's like yes, it's almost like uh, this may not feel true. This is the metaphor I see. It's like an infection. Coming to the surface. Yeah. Or like a pimple. It's like a zit attack. Gross. Right? I, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. When our buried stuff comes up and out, oh my God, it's messy. Mm. We're all over the place because all this stuff, it's like we don't even recognize. It's not, maybe not the, 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 the most aesthetically amazing process, but then again, you're being so authentic. That's so gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so... Oh, yay for you, unearthing buried emotions. Um, and, and, and I think that that also, for me, when emotion is rising up that I have not allowed, really taking some time to just be with it, to um, not be very busy if possible, not be like on the go, 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 so I can just give it space and time to, to integrate. There's a process when things come up of integrating them. Um, otherwise, we're just trying to deny them again, or they're shocking, or we judge them. So for me, the value Ooh. of Ooh. <gasps> biggest spider ever. Oh. Look at that. Okay, so tracking, not tracking. We see you. Hi. Hi. Spider is the weaver of fate. Hmm. Ted Andrews keynote. The weaver of fate. Oh. <gasps> Okay. That's a big that's bird. a big juicy one. That is a really big spider. Wow.
0: She is like, yeah. uh, I heard we were doing a show and you hi. wanted a
1: guest star. Yeah, hi. I'm gonna go in your notebook. <laughs> the... oh look, I can make a cozy house. When I was a kiddo, I loved spiders and I had a lampshade that had little triangulations of like it was like a hut. Uh-huh. And my because I was so allergic to everything. I could. Oh, I could have spiders were the pets I was allowed to have. Oh, that's my cool. parents made an agreement; they wouldn't kill house spiders, and so they all lived in my lamp, and they were all named George. <laughs> Every spider was named George, and so this one, though, of course, must be Charlotte. Charlotte Who would only say, "Yes, salutations, salutations,
0: radiant."
1: Do you remember Charlotte's web? Did yeah. you love that story? Yeah. She oh. writes in the she writes in
0: the web that he's a radiant pig. <gasps> right.
1: Salutations, some pig. Some pig. Radiant pig. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Alright, friends, we gotta go.
0: Oh. Weird tech stuff is happening, and we love all of you, and we'll see you next
1: Thursday. Thank you so much for come visit us. Spending tomorrow. The, the hour with us. Mwah. Love, Mwah. You. Mwah. love you. Love you, love you.